Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views and inside track from Goodison Park. This is a View from the Bullens podcast, sponsored by The Beer Keller, Liverpool One. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Interview from the Bullens. And it is the instant match reaction with myself, Ben Winstanley, the Bobble and Paul Draper for this one. Everton won, Brighton won. A game of very tactical analysis from Sean Dice and Deserby. Bobble, how did you see the game? Think it's a fair result? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think a point was was probably about right. I mean, I think if you were a, a Brighton fan and you'd have lost the game 1-0, I think they would have felt a little bit a little bit aggrieved, you know, considering how much possession they had, how much of the ball they had. Um, but all in all, I, I thought a draw was about right. I think obviously from an Everton point of perspective, we'll be a bit disappointed conceding so late on, you know, the 84th minute from from the way it happened as well. You know, a huge deflection from Ashley Young. You know, it was just a, a, a freak goal, really, one of them. Um, but overall, I think I think 1-1 was about right, Ben. But like I say, I think when you've scored in the seventh minute, and you've led for pretty much the entire game, and you've kept Brighton at arm's length in reality. They weren't ripping Everton apart. I thought we kept Matoma relatively quiet. I thought we kept Ferguson relatively quiet. Obviously, you know, a really, really up-and-coming striker. Uh, and, and I thought Everton defended very well. I mean, I think, you know, I'm sure we'll go on to it. I think maybe the disappointing point was, you know, 1-0 Everton never really looked like going to go get a second and and find the second to maybe seal the deal and win 2-0. It never looked like it was going to come in reality. I don't think Everton were ever going to score again. I think, and I think that's maybe a disappointing factor. You know, could Sean Dyche been a bit more braver? Could Everton have shown a bit more tactical nabs going forward? Could have Sean Dyche utilised his bench a little bit better at one 0 I'm not sure. I'm sure you guys will have an opinion on that. Um, but all in all, I think a draw was about right. And I think before the game, I said pre-match a draw would be a decent point, really, given the week we've had. 
three games in six days. We've asked pretty much the same set of players to go to the well three times in six days. And, and that's a big ask at any level, let alone at Premier League level against three Premier League teams. And I think they've given us everything they've got. And I don't think we can have any doubt or have any grievance towards the players. They've given us every inch of effort, of of grit, of determination, of application, attitude, and also ability of what they've got. They've just given us everything this week. And I think ultimately two wins and a draw is a really, really solid return. It's a really solid return. And if you'd have offered us at the start of the week, we all would have probably bit your hand off. Um, but yeah, just talking about the game itself, when you've led for so long, and then obviously you can see, you know, in the 84th minute, it's always going to be disappointing. It's always going to feel, you know, could we have just held on for that extra six minutes plus four minutes added on, you know, 10 minutes, could we have done it? But Brighton are a really, really good team. And like you said, you know, pretty much Ben, we respected them, but we don't fear them, but they are a really, really good team. They're a great footballing team. They can knock it about really well. You know, look at the bench, you know, their bench, the likes of Jao Pedro on the bench, you know, a really accomplished striker. They're bringing him off the bench. You know, that that, that that's a luxury. That That is a real luxury. And that just goes to show how well their recruitment has been over the last couple of years that they're that they can bring the likes of Jao Pedro off the bench because a lot of Premier League teams he starts. Um so all in all, it's a decent point on paper, on reflection, you know, when, when the dust settles, it's a decent point after a really, really grueling week for the players. Um and ultimately four points from West Ham away and Brighton at home, that's a solid return. It's a solid return for most clubs, let alone a club that, you know, with all due respect, we've been looking down rather than looking up. Um, so yeah, all in all, mate, it's a decent point. It's just we were so close to picking up the three points, it will feel like a little bit of a disappointment for a little while, I think, for some blues. But all in all, a solid point, Ben, for me. A solid point for the bobble. Paul, what did you make of the game today? Obviously, there was a lot of talking points regarding the lack of substitutions from Sean Dyche. I'm a, I'm on a bit of the fence of this one, to be to be quite honest. I'm unsure of the you know the right answer. What did you make of the game and what did you make of the fact that Sean Dyche failed to make any substitutions until late on? I think I go back to when I said last week when we were saying when we were talking about the lack of substitutions at West Ham. There's there was nobody there to come on for me. Maybe Patterson could have came on with Young pushing up to the right wing to try and double up on Matoma, but I think you were keeping it relatively quiet. Um, I think the the major difference is the squad depth. Uh, Brighton can bring on Buonanotte, Mahmoud Dahoud, Ansu Fati and Joel Pedro off the bench. Four game changers, four players that would get into a lot of Premier League squads. A few of them would get into most of the Premier League 11s like Joel Pedro and Ansu Fati. And I think that was, that was the difference today. I thought Brighton didn't do enough to 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 win the game, we we limited them to I think it's the third lowest XG they've created since Deserby took over last season. So it just speaks volumes of how well Everton defended today. It was just a bit disappointing that we had nothing going forward. I think Harrison on the ball had a bit of a a bit of an off game, and that that's understandable. That those games happen where you just where you just not not having a good game, and unfortunately, it was today for him. Special mentions got to go through for me for uh, Dominic Carver-Lewin. Again, he won every single other. And unfortunately for him, nobody was getting around him and nobody was winning them second balls. Cause, but the work he put in today was, was out of this world. And yeah, 84th minute, you think you've got the points in the bag and a massive deflection just sort of ruins your afternoon. But 
apart from that, I think it was a solid professional performance. And it's one of them day where you're just taking your move on to the next and you build on the positives, which for me there were there were quite a lot of positives there. No, I, I agree. I think it seems to be a lot of doom and gloom at the moment, especially on social media. Look, Everton have played two difficult games now, West Ham away and Brighton at home. If you would have given any Evertonian a chance to take four points out of them two a week ago, you'd be absolutely snapping their hands off. You'd be absolutely over the moon. And then to obviously progress in the, the Carabao Cup, winning against Burnley 3-0. It's, it's, it's ultimately a game for me where Sean Dyche and Deserby went toe-to-toe once again. Sean Dyche allowed Brighton to have 80% of the ball. You know, they think had over a thousand passes, Brighton at one point. So, look, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth. It feels like a defeat. It really does because Everton could have gone on to win that game. It was just one slight mishap. And unfortunately, it's it's 1-1 in the 84th minute. I thought we'd nullified the likes of Evan Ferguson, Matoma. But like you quite rightly said, Paul and Bobble, the, the substitutions and the squad depth from Brighton is, is honestly next level. And in regards to the substitutions, I, as I touched on before, I'm a bit in the, in, in the middle, to be honest. If if something's working, why would you change it? Because we were nullifying Brighton completely. They weren't getting through. Yes, the players were tired. Yes, a few of them were very leggy. But Brighton continued not to get through, even if they made four changes. They weren't creating anything. Everton actually out, outdone Brighton on the XG by 0.2. I think we were like 0.8 and they were 0.6. So... It doesn't really matter. We touched on it, Bob, in, in the pre-match Brighton game. Everton were going to allow Brighton to have the ball regardless. And Everton are a lot better team when we haven't got the ball. And it's what you do with when you have got the ball. When you haven't, Everton had double the amount of shots on target. They had more uh, shots altogether. They had more chances. Do you think that that was the game plan from Sean Dice to allow Brighton to have the ball? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, pre-game I said I think the first goal was massive and I know you can always say that in any Premier League game, but the, the contrast in styles between Everton and Brighton is so one end of the scale, so to speak. Um, I, I think the first goal was always going to be crucial and Everton getting the goal early. Did we score too early? I'm, I'm not sure, but it, it meant Everton's game plan could then be pretty much to a team played to a team played to how we would expect it to to be played. And, and, you know, you look at the possession, I think it was 80-20 in Brighton's favour. You know, playing at Goodison Park, 80-20, that's huge. Um, and that pretty much tells you the story of, of the pattern of the game. In reality, Everton scored early and then said, right, Brighton, come and try and break us down. And for large parts, you are absolutely right, guys. Brighton didn't really lay a glove on Everton. Everton kept them at arm's length. Everton pushed them out wide a lot. Um, Everton are very, very strong in the central area with, with Branthwaite and Tarkowski. They're incredibly strong now. And I don't think we've given up enough, giving Everton enough credit for just how strong they are centrally. They're very, very good at defending the box. Very good. And Tarkowski and Branthwaite were, were, you know, it was food and drink to them all day, really. They were, they were excellent. Ferguson didn't really get a, a chance against Tarkowski or Branthwaite and he, he chanced his arm against both. Uh, and they both, you know, were getting the better of him. Dominic Calvert-Lewin was leading the line really, really well. Lewis Dunk was yellow-carded because he was struggling to, you know, keep up with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And they were struggling with him. And I think it's a tough one, isn't it? It's hindsight, isn't it, with substitutions? I mean, if Everton would have run out 1-0 winners, we would have said Sean Dyche was, you know, it was absolutely bang on to hold his nerve and not make a substitution. But I think there was enough, for me, I think there was enough warning signs to suggest that 
this was a flagging team in, in Everton in, in terms of fitness, in terms of energy. We were getting deeper and deeper. And OK, Brighton were not ripping us apart. They were not creating a ton of chances. But they were probing, weren't they? They were continuing to probe. They were continuing to keep the ball. They were recycling the ball very well. And Matoma was starting to get on the ball a little bit more in dangerous areas. And that's always a worry. And when teams do probe and when they keep probing, sometimes you get that little bit of looking games, don't you? You find that just that little bit of luck and it ends up in the back of the net. And that is pretty much exactly what happened. So they were probably in, you know, the footballing gods would probably say they were they were rewarded with the goal because they kept going, they kept plugging away Brighton, they didn't give up. And I think maybe a substitution here or there could maybe have helped Everton, maybe fresh legs. But then we we, we go, you know, to the, the, the cold facts and, and you go to the bench, you know, what, what could Everton have changed? Well, we had two goalkeepers on the bench for starters. So that obviously wipes that out. And then you have Michael Keane, Ben Godfrey, Lewis Dobbin, Dan Juma, Chimiti and Beto and Patterson. There's not a lot to to choose from, especially in the midfield areas. And I think that was the biggest issue. I think if Onana was fit and say Onana would have started the game, Idrissagana Gay would have probably have came on for the last 20 and harried around a little bit more. But without Onana, Idrissagana Gay started, obviously Onana misses with just a slight calf, nothing serious, slight calf issue. Um, it, it meant Everton were thin on the ground centrally. And I think that is an issue going forward, that central area, when one of the four, the four being Decore, James Garner, Idrissa Garnagay and Onana, when one of them is injured, you've only got three. And the way Everton like to play means all three will start. So in those types of games where it can be fast, it can be frenetic, or if tired legs set in, fatigue sets in, we don't have that fourth midfielder to then call upon or the central area. So I, I do think it was a tough one for Sean Dyche today. I mean, there could have been a call for maybe bringing on Nathan Patterson, moving him to right back. I think Jack Harrison looked very fatigued towards the last 15 minutes. I thought he looked very tired. And, and you know, that's no slight on the player. Putting a hell of a shift over the last six days, as has Dwight McNeil on the wing. I think the wingers are putting a hell of a shift. I'm not saying they're at their best today, because I don't think they were, but their their energy and their fitness levels and their fight for the cause is evident that they really, really do work really hard for Everton. Um, and I think there may have been a call maybe to bring Nathan Patterson at right back and move Ashley Young to right wing, give Harrison a breather for 15 and obviously then double up on Matoma with Young and Patterson. I think that could have been a, a feasible option. But again, it's hindsight, isn't it? And if Everton, like I said, if we would have run out 1-0 winners, we wouldn't be having this conversation. However, I do think there was enough warning signs, maybe not from what Brighton were creating, but from the fatigue in the Everton team, I could see it in the stands where I was sitting. I obviously sit just above the dugout, so to speak. I could see those players, you know, openly looking fatigued. Idris Agana gave us on his haunches once or twice. James Garner was on his haunches once or twice. Jack Harrison was also on his haunches as well. There was a few midfielders just looking very leggy last 15. And in hindsight, if Sean Dyche could go back, would he make a change? He may well do. He may do. But like you've said, he probably would counter it and say, well, they know their roles. They're all still digging in and Brighton are not cutting us open and they weren't creating loads of chances. But what we do know with Sean Dyche is he is hesitant to make substitutions. We know we knew this whilst he was at Burnley. So this is nothing new. This isn't going to change. So if people were calling for substitutions at 60, which there was a few around me, you know, let's make a change now. It's not going to happen unless it's enforced because that's not more or less it won't happen often because that's not Sean Dyche's style. But I think maybe in hindsight, Ben, Overall, given your question, I think there was enough 
red flags to suggest that maybe one or two players could have come on. Maybe better for Calvert-Lewin, I don't know. Maybe freshen it up last 10, maybe a little bit sooner. Maybe Patterson, like I previously said, move him right back, move Young right wing, give Harrison a breather or McNeil a breather and you move Harrison to the side. Whatever it may be, I think there was enough warning signs within the Everton camp to suggest that fatigue was setting in after a gruelling week. Um, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, Doubt the commitment. I'm not going to doubt, doubt the energy levels from the players and and the, and the shift that they've put. They put an enormous shift in this week, an enormous shift. And like I previously said on this on this instant match reaction, three games in six six days is a big ask for even the biggest of squads. Let alone we've asked primarily nine players to do it back to back, back to back, and then we've asked a couple to dip in and dip out. So about 13, 14 players have pretty much covered those three games, and that's a big ask for any any set of players so full credit to them two wins and a draw i think it's a fantastic return hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A fantastic return for the bobble, and I completely agree with you completely. Another player got gets his first goal at Goodison Park, Paul. Obviously, Vitaly Mikolenko, who I thought was absolutely excellent as well. Uh, I think it was either him or Dominic Calvert-Lewin for Man of the Match. You, are you made up with, with his progression? Obviously, under Sean Dice, he had a bit of a breather at the back end of the last season. Ben Godfrey playing left-back. He really does seem to be kicking on this season and making that left-back spot his own. I think since he's came in this season, he's been he's been excellent. Really, you can't really fault him. When we've got to defend more, obviously it suits his game a lot more. Going forward, he seems to be getting a bit more, a bit more confidence. And obviously, to get a goal today for him is massive. Uh, he hasn't scored since that volley at Leicester, which seems to make him think he can just put them volleys away every 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 other game. But but yeah, he was excellent again today. I thought he was a. He was solid. He didn't give a dinger a sniff. Even when Ansu Fati came on and he tried to dip onto the right, he didn't get a sniff either. He had a, I don't know who was at right back for them. I think Veltman, he again, didn't, didn't really do much. It was a very, very solid defensive performance from everyone involved. But Mikhailenko could probably, he'd probably tip Idris Agarra gave for me for man of the match just because of his goal. Uh, unlucky to not score with his first effort. It's a good save from there, keepable. Second one, he just puts it away. I think it got a slight deflection to off Lewis Dunk, maybe, but but yeah, he's been he's been very very good, and it's very pleasing to see because he came under a lot of criticism. Eh, Mikalenko last season, especially, I think it was halfway through the season under Dice, and he, he was struggling to make the left back a spot of his own. Obviously, as you said, Ben Godfrey came in when he played that old Trafford, and and uh, I think it was the City Ground, the Forest away. 
And it always been a bit of a talking point who's going to play at left back. We all thought Ashley Young was going to start the season at left back. Well, he essentially, he essentially did until until obviously Patson got a, a little bit of a knock and Mikalenko came in. And ever since he's came in, you just can't take the shirt off him. He's one of the first one of the first names on the team, you know, because it just gives us so much more balance to being able to play with a natural left foot at left back. And we know technically he's not the best, but again, he'll he'll fight for the cause. He'll run, he'll run his socks off, and he complements himself well with with the likes of Jared Branthwaite and James Tarkovsky. So it's very very pleasing to see to see Mikalenko put in these kind of performances because he deserves it. And he seems such a such a good lad too. So always, obviously, going to be delighted for him. Yeah, definitely. I think Bobble made a great point before touching on, you know, three games in a week. These players have had to endure some of them two hundred and seventy minutes to get these four points to get us into the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup. And it's not it, it's going to be extremely difficult. These players have had a couple of days rest in between games. It is, especially when you're playing the likes of Brighton, when you're not going to have a lot of the ball, when you're playing away from home at West Ham. Obviously, Burnley are quite a good possession-based football, football inside, but don't really create many chances. So I've got to give massive, ha- obviously, hats off to this, to this set of players. The most, the most, the nicest thing that I've seen about this set of players in the past week is that we're finally getting a team with a bit of fight, finally getting a team that wants to have a bit of desire, a bit of determination. They are going to put the foot in. Tarkovsky was leaving the foot in today. They're getting each other fired up. You know, they're backing each other and they're in it for the cause. That They really are embedding themselves in Sean Dyche's game plan and tactics and what he wants to achieve. And that's probably the most satisfying thing. We are a difficult side to beat. It, it really does remind me of days under... David Moyes when we would defend for our lives and, you know, we'd nick a 1-0 or we'd be, just be hard to beat. And we've called for it for a while. This is These are the type of performances we thought that Sean Dice would bring when he came to the football club. We've touched on it on previous podcasts. But look, as my good friend Alex Fowler has told me today, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, it's going to be ups and downs. We are going to go through times of being beaten. We are, aren't going to win every single game. Ultimately, it's a, it's a club and football club in transition and we've just got to stick by them week in, week out. And I, I, I can quite honestly say that I was proud of the lads today. I was proud of Everton. You know, Brighton are a team off the field who've been run absolutely fantastic. You know, unbelievable recruitment, unbelievable scouting. The business they do is incredible. And it's probably the opposite end of the scale to where Everton Football Club are right now. So the players deserve massive credit. It was a difficult game, difficult circumstances, and a lot of football in in a week. Just before I go, and we leave you to, to your weekend, we will be back on Monday for a full lowdown and breakdown of the game on uh, Monday in the studio. We just thought that we had to get our instant match reaction out, but we will be back in the studio on Monday to discuss all things Everton. Looking forward to the week ahead. There's going to be a square pegs round holes. There's going to be numerous episodes coming, so... Honestly, stick with us. Thanks as always for the support, ladies and gents. We really do appreciate it. In the meantime, have a great weekend and up the toffees.